Coming up next on the Jeff Crilly Show, you're going to meet an expert on reading faces. Sales departments across the country are suffering because young people just don't have the soft skills needed to seal the deal. You'll be hearing from him next. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, I get up every early. Uh, I get up every morning early to send out an email to some 28,000 journalists all over North America and into England, and I'm seeing these articles about etiquette courses for offices because so many of the young people and so many of the remote workers had forgotten soft skills. To talk about soft skills and why it's so critical to success, uh, Brian Galke, he is a founder of Subtle Skills. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, I love this subject because I, I think anybody who's any good as an entrepreneur likes to think they're a pretty good salesperson. Right. It's interesting to me that you are naturally an introvert. Yes. Raised in a very loving household, um, but they didn't. I felt like I didn't go to school to learn how to communicate with other people. So, I call myself an introverted extrovert because I like to be out in public. But then I felt like I was in the prison of my own mind because while I was out, I didn't know how to talk to people. So it was kind of rough. It was, it was a great because I'd be excited to be around people, and then I'd hide in the corner at the exact same time when I was there. Okay, so you started to bone up on soft skills. I did. So I picked up books on body language. NLP, anything that could teach me about other people because I felt like I missed that day at school where they taught you like how to communicate and, and be around people. And the funny thing is, because I was always out, people assumed I was an extrovert, but really I was kind of like suffering on the inside. So what does every good introvert do? They pick up books to figure out how do I overcome this obstacle. And you have a mentor, and I want to give a shout out because I used to interview him when I was at Channel 4. Yes, so Mac Fulfer, I met him in 2010, completely changed my life. So with body language, those type of skills are reactive. But I met Mac and begrudgingly met Mac because a friend came into town. She invited me to dinner. I show up to the restaurant. She doesn't show up. She's like, oh, you need to come meet this guy. And so I went to go meet Mac with a you know, chip on my shoulder because he changed my plans. And we sat down and he analyzed everybody's faces. And it was eight of us and he sat down and he dissected everyone to a T, including me. And I was instantly hooked because this was the first proactive skill I had ever heard of. You know, body language is reactive. Microexpressions are reactive. So many things, somebody has to go take a disc assessment before you can figure out how to talk to them. But people's faces tell you a little bit about them. And it's not about judgment, it's about understanding other people. Mm. And so I met him in 2010, studied with him through 2011. I would drive from Dallas to Fort Worth twice a month, hour drive each way. And then in 2012, I got certified. And the smartest thing I did was I had my buddy get certified at the exact same time so that we could go out and like tag team and kind of gamify it. And it changed my life. It took me from being on the help desk to being a regional vice president of sales 
because when you learn to focus on someone else, you get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. Completely changed my life. I want to pull up your website, and mm -hmm. as we scroll down the website, I want to talk about some of the different industries that you like to, to speak to, right. because I can imagine that any company with a sales department needs you right now. Sales department, customer service, what we've lost is, this is the best invention known to man, but the problem with it at the same time is, our cell phones distract us from having face-to-face -face communications. I know myself well enough to know if I had a smart watch the entire time I was talking, I'd be like, yep, uh-huh. So I can't wear a smart watch for that very reason. But these are great communication devices, but it's taken away people's ability to have live one-on-one -on -one conversations versus wanting to have the perfect situation. Let me craft the perfect text message. Let me craft the perfect email. Let me send the perfect picture. That's what all, especially the younger generation, millennials, have grown up with these devices. And because they can perfect every message that they have, then they don't know how to do things on the fly. And that's the cool thing about this is, when you meet someone, you can stay present in the moment because you're thinking, well, what does their eyebrow mean? What does their eyelid mean? What does their eye angle? So every time that I would start to lose or get distracted by something, I would just pick another facial feature to focus on, and that helped me build rapport with the person. Because we all know what we want to say, but it's how do we speak that other person's language. And that's really what face reading is about, is how to look and decode somebody's facial features to figure out, are they auditory? Are they visual? How do they take in information? How do they process information? And so it's kind of like traveling to another country. And I, I told you the story earlier. When I was young and I used to travel to other countries, I expected them to speak English. And if they didn't, I'd speak English louder, which is the worst <laughs> tourist or the obnoxious American tourist then. What I learned is if I go to a country and I learn basic phrases, good morning, good evening, please, thank you, where's the bathroom, the important stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It changed my travel experience because I was attempting to speak their language. And people can tell when you're trying to speak their language versus when I'm pushing my agenda. And the number one problem that salespeople have is they have commission breath. Oh, I got to get my product. I need to make this sale. You don't have to make the sale. What you have to figure out is, is this the right product for that person? And how do you convince them that it is the right product? Because mm. you're looking at them and I know what I want to say but how are they best gonna receive that information? And that's what it can really teach you. Does it also work uh, when you're talking to somebody remotely? I mean, does it oh, work on Zoom? Absolutely, so here's the trick. Because it's proactive, you can go to their LinkedIn profile ahead of time and you find a picture of them first on LinkedIn, but then you go to social media. Why do you do that? Because LinkedIn profiles are professionally shot. They'll air out wrinkles. They may invert the image. Mm -hmm. So you start there so you know who you're looking for. But then I go find them on social media and I look for what is their face today? So learning how to decode facial features is it tells you a history of where somebody has been and where are they today. Mm. It doesn't predict the future. Uh, the number one question we get asked, can you tell me who's a liar and a cheater? No, it doesn't say anything about that. It's how does someone think? How does someone take in information? And then how do I adjust? So a very simple example is if somebody has a fuller upper lip, they want you to ask them personal questions. If they have a thinner upper lip, then you don't want to ask personal questions until they share personal information. Then you know it's game on. And we talk about faces in our everyday language because we say things like if somebody's going through a hard time, we say, keep a stiff upper lip. Well, what does that mean? Be stoic. Don't stop sharing your emotions. Be strong. So when you see someone with this thinner upper lip, then you know, don't immediately ask a lot of personal questions. Because if so, they'll feel like, oh, you're trying to get into my territory. So it's little adjustments of things like that. Or if somebody has a very full upper lip and you keep it strictly transactional, then you may have made the sale, but you've lost the customer and you'll never get a referral. Wow. Now, that's from the sales perspective. 
But imagine being a leader, management, and you have an entire team of people, and you can't manage everybody the same way. So you can look and figure out who's motivated by sincere verbal thanks, who's motivated by time and attention. You know, so it's all these things. If you've ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, mm -hmm. people's faces have hints about what their love language is. Wow, this is fascinating. I could, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I I'll brag about Brian about is he shares the gold. He has rich social media with a lot of tips. Here's one of my favorites. Welcome back. Today we're going to talk about one that kind of throws people a bit, and that is what is a forced smile line? So it's below the nose and above the lip when someone smiles big. They've got a little line right here, like you'll see in the picture here, that'll pop up. What that means is that's someone who's raised in an environment where they were told to always be, have a smile on their face, no matter what's going on in the background. House can be burning down, bad things, house about to get repoed. It doesn't matter, the outside world, you need to have a smile on your face all the time. We see this a lot in actors and actresses. Why? Because they have to fake a smile. Beauty pageant contestants, why? They always have to come out and have the smile on. I don't know if you know some of this, but they put things like Vaseline on their teeth so they're forced to smile and not lower their lip. But when you see that four smile line, somebody can have a smile on their face, but you're not sure. Are they really happy? So you need to dig just a little bit deeper behind that smile and find out are they really happy or are they putting on a show with their smile? Follow us here for more tips and tricks. Have a great day. It just occurred to me this works for all kinds of relationships. It doesn't have to be just for salespeople. Right. I'm sure even in a marriage or you know, a dating relationship, <laughs> uh, the ability to read faces is important. Absolutely. So the cool thing is it helps you develop new relationships with people that you've never met, but it also helps you enhance and deepen relationships that you already have because it's a new way to look at someone. Because a lot of times we're introduced to somebody by somebody else. We're told who they are. But our faces change. So if you go to my website, you'll see a picture of me at 18 versus 38 and how much my face has changed over time. So when you look at someone's face, you can literally figure out how do I speak their language? How do I talk to them? Um, during the pandemic, so many people went to online dating that I was getting inundated with people sending me pictures of, oh, I want to maybe go on a date with this person. What do you recommend? So I created a, a simple, uh, simple and cheap dating course called lookingforloveinallthewrongfaces.com <laughs> because I was tired of getting it. I wanted to teach the skill to someone. So when people go to online dating, what is it? There's a photo of someone and then there's a little bio. Well, it's kind of like a resume. Somebody puts their best picture and they may lie a little bit below. And what you do is you look at, it's not about judgment, it's about understanding other people. So you look at what features do we have in common, what features do we have that's different. So a very simple example of this is, if somebody has a very full upper eyelid, that's a we person, likes to do things together. So when you look at somebody who has a very full upper eyelid, I was raised in the time of Dr. Seuss, so the more lid you see, the more we think in terms of we. So if you see someone who has a very wide upper eyelid or a very thick upper eyelid, then you know they're a we person. Well, if somebody on the opposite side of the spectrum has a thin to little upper eyelid, they're fine doing things by themselves. So wow. the we person wants to do everything together. What are we doing? Where are we going? The thin eyelid person, well, I'm going to go do this. And so, yeah. Did you notice during the pandemic when everybody was wearing masks, I mean, did it hurt your ability to read faces? Yes and no. Um, the worst part about the mask was I'm sarcastic at times, and when people can't see you smile after you make a sarcastic joke, they kind of think you're an a-hole. Right. <laughs> so, but even with covering up this much of my face, you can still see forehead, eyebrows, any lines that are here, nose ridge, and then you can see when somebody smiles, is it a legitimate smile? Do they have crinkles on the side of their face, which is a microexpression, or is it a fake smile because they did that contempt smile that someone has. Right. So you, even with this much real estate, you can still understand so much about somebody. That's, this is absolutely fascinating. We got some video of you speaking, and as, as we show this video, I want you to talk about what kinds of audiences you like to speak to. Sure. 
Um, this is going to sound like generic, but I like speaking to anybody because this skill changed my life. I went from being an introvert who felt like I was in public but in the prison of my own mind to now when I'm present in the moment because I get out of my own head and because I'm focused on the present moment, it changes everything. Um, I spoke to, I just got back from Vegas where I spoke to martial arts studio owners. So anybody that has a customer walking in cold is somebody that can learn this because how do you, you can have the same thing that you want to sell to the person but you have to handle it these different ways based on what their face says about them. Sure. So straight eyebrows, get straight to the point. Angled eyebrows, like I have, what's my angle? Help me understand it first. Rounded eyebrows, think about the people around them. So you have the same uh, script, but you need to adjust based on those things. Um, so I teach it to door-to-door -door knockers, um, because why? They, they don't know who's gonna answer the door, and they're all pitching a commodity. They're doing roofing, they're doing solar panels, you name it. But I really love when it's more about the coworkers and or leadership and management. Why? Because that's how you improve everyone's life. There's four basic human needs, physical safety, emotional safety. We want to feel seen and heard, and we want to feel connected. The seen and heard and the connected is what, when you learn to understand people based on their face, facial features, you're giving them your time and attention in a time when we're distracted. Mm. And it creates that one-on-one -on -one connection with someone. And we can feel when somebody's making it about us versus making it about you know them. I can imagine you would be very popular with trial attorneys because they have to read the faces of the jury and, and know whether or not, you know should they use emotion, should they right. use logic? logic. Um, it's funny, Mac, the, who we mentioned before, my mentor, Mac Fulfer, he was actually an attorney who learned this for jury consulting and ended up loving it so much that he left the law profession to teach us around the world. And I was one of his students. Um, he certified several people, but I'm one of the few that actually teaches it. And it literally can be used anywhere. So mm -hmm. it can be used car dealerships as soon as somebody walks in the door. Any business, like I'm doing a, I'm flying out to go talk to a dentist office later this month. Because what's hard? Dentists are everywhere. What can you do to create a unique experience for people when they walk in the door? Well, you learn to speak their language. So there's a very basic phrase that says, rapport builds relationships and relationships build business. That's what we're missing on a lot of things is we think social media can do it or marketing can do it. That's true, it brings you the leads, but you have to build rapport and bond with those people because a lot of people are in the commodity business. Anything that can be done somewhere else up the street. So it's really what makes it different for you that makes your customers feel seen, heard, and connected. Okay, in the final two minutes, uh, for the CEO watching this or the head of sales who's watching this, um, how do they know when they need to bring in somebody like you? Whenever somebody hits a slump, or if you have a new hire, a lot of times we'll go to the corporate kickoffs for the year. So let's say just 2023 was just here this last month. So people will bring us up to teach what is an unfair advantage that you have over your competition, right? So when you're starting off the year on a strong point, what do you need to do? Equip your sales teams with a new feature or service that they can put into practice throughout the year. What we're also brought into is president's clubs. Why? Because you already have your top earners who are there. How do you make them that much better because they're the ones that bring in the major portion of the profit for the company. Wow, amazing. Yes, yes. Uh, we're gonna end with your website, which is subtleskills.com. Mm -hmm. The great Brian Galke, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me today. That's it for now, we'll see you next time.